So I've been reading um, a little bit this season from a, a, an author named Brennan Manning. Have you ever heard of Brennan Manning? Um, interesting. And uh, written a few books, The Furious Longing of God. I've, I've been reading a little bit of that, just God's furious love for us. I love that idea, like furious love. Um, and I, I came across this, this thought where Brennan Manning said, my deepest awareness of myself is that I am deeply loved by Jesus Christ and I have done nothing to earn or deserve it. My deepest awareness of myself is that I am deeply loved by Jesus. Yet I have done nothing to earn or deserve it. Have you discovered that yet? That Jesus loves you more than you will ever imagine or comprehend or fully grasp? That God's love for you is so grand and so big that he gave everything, his one and only son, he, he sent his son out of that love and you have done nothing to deserve it or earn it. Now, if you're like me, you're an, like you, you like to earn what you get. You want to pay for what you take? All, all, like, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you can do nothing to deserve or earn the love of Jesus. It just is. And this Christmas season, I think it's important to rest in that. To rest in his love for you. And so I don't want to talk a lot today. I know that like some of you are just going to laugh at me. But I don't want to talk a lot. I want to, I want to paint a picture of God's love for us and what God wants to do in us through some scripture of the from the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, into Jesus and the coming of Jesus and what Jesus wanted to, to, to begin to do inside of us. And I want to give you a couple of thoughts and then and just leave it at that. So in the Old Testament, God's people began to, um, there, there was the covenant that, that God had made with Abraham and, and then Moses and and God's people began to believe that if they fulfilled the covenant, the, the law, that they would, in essence, be set right with God the Father. It was through the law that they would be set right with the Father. But God knew that humans would never be able to fully fulfill our end of the bargain, right? Don't nudge the people next to you, but we just can't do it, like none of us. And God's ultimate plan was to do something that we ourselves couldn't do. God wanted to fulfill both his end of the bargain and covenant and yours as well. Now that's good news, isn't it? I mean, it's good that God makes up for what we lack. And so through a couple of prophets, this first one is Jeremiah. Jeremiah is, is painting this picture. And he's saying, this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel. Now, in the New Testament, we find that God expands that. And it's not just a select group of people, but his expansion in, includes the Gentiles, which means everyone else, us as well. This is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, 
I will put my instructions deep within them, inside, like God wants to plant something in you and in me, and I will write them on their hearts. And God says, then I will be their God and they will be my people because what I write deep within them. And then through another prophet, if, if that becomes a little confusing and, or difficult to understand, he says this, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Now, b- becoming clean is at whose initiative? Who's sprinkling the water? God, yeah. Yeah, God is the one. It's not our work or our efforts. God will sprinkle clean water on you, and then you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. You'll no longer give your hearts to all these different pursuits in a way that replaces me as your God. And listen, I know when we read things like this, we think about idols in the Old Testament, and we think about statues or little figurines or something that maybe they had in the Old Testament days in the ancient world. But listen, don't miss this. There are plenty of idols in our world today that we give our hearts to. They're all around us. And God says when he plants his truth in us, when he begins to sprinkle clean water on us, we will no longer give our hearts to idols. And there's plenty of them all around us. We'll no longer give our our hearts, we'll no longer worship idols. God says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. And I will take out your old, stony, stubborn heart And give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you. Um, At the very beginning of the Bible, God forms out of the dust what becomes humans. And what changes this form, this lifeless form, is the breath of God. When God breathes into them, then humans have life. And God is saying the same thing. I want to give you new life. My breath, my spirit will be in you. So I want you, I got to be careful how I do this because of all that's happening in our world right now. But I want you to just take a deep breath in. And you you can feel your stomach. Do you feel that breath? Just let it out. In a sense, because you have breath, you have God. And it's what John was saying at the very beginning of John when he says that Jesus, the word, gave life to everyone. It's the breath of God. It's the spirit of God. And this is the very thing that he wants to do today. And it's the thing that uh, what we were talking about with the kids a little bit ago, um, that this is the mystery. This is the secret. It's Christ in you. And that's your hope of glory. That's your hope of eternity. It's not just that you're good enough. I mean, because that's most of us, hey, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. If you're pretty good, you get to go to heaven, right? I mean, what's the, and I remember a pastor once asking the question, well, how good is good enough to get there? 
It's like, no, no, it's not good enough. It's Jesus in you. That is the hope of glory. That is the hope of eternity. The word gave life to everything that was created. This light that Jesus brings in the darkness illuminates and the darkness can never extinguish it. Now, if you've drifted off, come back just for a second. Are you with me? Come back just for a second. I want you to hear this. Some of you need to hear this today. Um, that the light who is Jesus can shine in the dark recesses of your life. The darkness that is in your life right now, the things that no one else knows, that are ha- the things that are happening within you, in your mind and in your heart, the things that you do on the side that no one knows about, that is darkness. And Jesus can bring his light into that place and bring you life where there is now death. And here's the good news is that that darkness can never extinguish the light of Jesus if you'll let it in, if you'll let it in. But it's a decision that we have to make to allow the light of Christ to live and dwell and shine in the dark recesses of our lives. Now, let's just be honest. Every one of us has darkness and evil. And we don't want to talk about that. Like, that's uncomfortable. It's like, man, it's Christmas. This is not a good Christmas message. Every single one of us needs the light and the life of Jesus within us. But it's up to us whether or not we're going to let that light shine in. And the good news is, if we do, there is no darkness that can overcome the light that is the life of the world. Now, how good is that? There's nothing that you're facing. There's nothing, there's no path that you're on. There's no addiction that you've given your life over to that can overcome the light when Jesus enters in to your heart and your mind and the recesses and the corners of your life. If you'll let him in. Um, there's a couple of songs that this week I was thinking about. And I told you I'm not going to talk a lot today. I want to give you the lyrics of these songs. And then we're going to sing together one last song, and I'm going to give you time to respond. And um, I just want us to, to reflect and decide whether or not we're going to let the light in. So here's one of them. I, I, I'd never heard this before. Ring the bells that still can ring and forget your perfect offering. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. The things that you think are broken and cracked, that's the way the light gets into your heart and into your mind. There's no perfection that exists among us, right? No perfection. So ring your bell. Crack and all. <laughs> Let the light in. And then the other song. Um, we're going to sing this on Christmas Eve. I, I hope you'll, you'll join us for Christmas Eve. We're going to walk through the story. And this one of the songs we're going to sing is, um, Oh, um, is it Oh Little Town of Bethlehem? Are we singing that? Where? Oh, there you are. 
And there's this line, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin, and here it is again, and enter in. It's this idea that we're inviting Jesus to enter in and dwell in us, be born in us today. Just like you were born in Bethlehem, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. What a great lyric. What a great truth that is there. But it's up to you. It's up to me if we're going to let Jesus, just like he was born 2,000 years ago, be born in us each and every day. So um, Advent, this season and this week is busy. I I know it's busy, um, but I wonder if you could be still at some point this week and just breathe. And I said it a couple weeks ago, maybe you need to get up early in the morning before anyone gets up in your house and sit in front of the Christmas tree and see the symbol of the light, which represents what? What's the light represent? God's presence. Yeah, his presence, God's presence with us, which is Jesus. So maybe get up early in the morning and sit in front of the Christmas tree or and breathe. And as you breathe, be reminded that breath that's in you comes from God, comes from Jesus. He's the one who gives you life and sustains it. He's here and he is enough for the darkness that resides in and around you. He's enough, his light is enough to shine in those places. So we're gonna, we're gonna close with this song, um, which just is a reminder that heaven's all around us. If we would only pay attention. And as we do, if you wanna light a candle, just as a symbolic way of saying, God, this week as we enter the final days uh, leading up to the birth of Jesus, I just ask your presence to be with me. So light a candle, God be with me. There's communion in the back of the room, which is a reminder of the sacrifice of Jesus, this little piece of bread and a little cup of juice. Um, And what's interesting is that we take communion by eating it, by tasting it. And in a sense, we are tasting and ingesting forgiveness. He's dwelling in us. So maybe that's the appropriate response for you today is to take communion and to believe that he he lives in you. And then in the back of the room is a prayer wall. And maybe you just want to write a prayer out and just slip it into the wall as we approach Christmas day. Would you stand with me as, as we, um, as we sing and respond to God, God, you are good. And, um, the truth is we all have things within us and around us that, um, could be represented by darkness. And the truth of Christmas is that the word, Jesus, who gave life to all things is the same one who wants to bring light into our darkness, if only we will let him in. So God, may may Jesus be born in us today. May we recognize heaven all around us and within us because Christ is here and he is enough. We pray this in Jesus' name.